the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is Friday, September the 10th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1776, George Washington asked for a spy volunteer. Guess who volunteered? Nathan Hale. Today in 1813, American Naval Commander Oliver Hazard Perry, he defeated the British in a battle on Lake Erie. It was an important battle, War of 1812. Today in 1846, Elias Howe, he took out a U.S. patent for a lock-stitch sewing machine. That would become the standard. Today in 1924, Leopold and Leob, they were found guilty of the murder of Robert Franks in Chicago. It was called The Crime of the Century. Books have been written about it. A movie was made about that particular crime. Today in 1977, Hamida Diajabi, convicted of torture and murder, was the last person to be executed by the guillotine in France. Today in 1977. Today in 2008, the Large Hadron Collider in CERN It was described as the biggest scientific experiment in the history of mankind. It's powered up today in 2008 in Geneva, Switzerland. And today in 2020, California's August Complex wildfire became the largest recorded in state history. 471,000 acres, 736 square miles. President Joe Biden, this week, he is uh, confident... (laughs) that the Taliban will work with the neighboring dictatorships, including China. He doesn't seem to be concerned about it, but he's certain they'll they'll all come together. He told reporters yesterday, if he was concerned, he said he's concerned that China will fund the Taliban, but he notes that China has a real problem with them, so he's not particularly worried about it. China has a real problem with the Taliban, President Biden said. He said, so they're going to work it out, some arrangement with the Taliban, I'm sure. He said, they'll also be working with Pakistan and Russia and Iran. And he says this so matter-of-factly, he's not even concerned. It is stunning, to say the least, particularly as 9-11, the 20th anniversary, looms so big over us. 9-11, tomorrow, will be celebrated and remembered across America. It will be celebrated by those who seek to destroy America and remembered by those of us who love our country. His comments demonstrate global dictatorships will recognize and work with the Taliban, even if they have problems with how they govern. They're going to overlook all of the stuff that we know today. The Taliban signaled openness with working with China. They told the state government newspaper it was expected. China 
our great neighboring country, the Taliban is saying, we have a constructive and positive role in the uh, reconstruction of Afghanistan and also in the economic development and prosperity of the people of Afghanistan. It's expected that China will play its role. This spokesman for the Taliban is publicly acknowledging that China is going to step up and help rebuild the country. The China South China Morning Post is reporting that today. But China has repeatedly called for America to help restore the order in the country by working with the Taliban. You don't think for a moment that Joe Biden is going to step up to the plate and start doing that as well. I hope not. I mean, we're praying for the people in Afghanistan. And I've talked about that repeatedly on this program, if you're not a regular listener. But but what would he be thinking if he joined the group? China will control, and Russia, but particularly China and Iran, will control the country for their own purposes. And they don't care what else happens. This Chinese state counselor and foreign minister, this Wang Yi, he's urging Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to take concrete action to help Afghanistan under the Taliban. We've given the Taliban arms from the U.S. in the numbers, and I've gone through the numbers on the program earlier. In fact, earlier or last week, I talked about it here. I mean, they are one of the one of the best armed militaries in the world after you get past the U.S. and China and Russia and three or four others, the Taliban, because they have all of our stuff. We just left it there. It was, it's still, I can hardly believe what I know about what's happened. While respecting the sovereignty of Afghanistan, the U.S. should take concrete action to help Afghanistan fight terrorism and stop violence. China is telling the world. They're calling us out and telling the world that we should step up. And they say, and I'm quoting China regarding the United States, that we should stop playing double standards on fighting terrorism because we're doing so selectively. They're basically calling us a hypocritical nation. All this on the eve of 9-11. Afghanistan remains the elephant in the room as we approach this 20th anniversary of September 11th. Much will be said about it today and certainly over the weekend. There's no question about that. Afghanistan is indeed the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it because it was such a miserable failure as we pulled out of there after 20 years. 20 years, we pulled out of there, leaving Americans behind. They're still behind today while Joe Biden is trying to talk about his next new big spending spree. America. America is under siege, not only from without, but from within. America is gone from Afghanistan, and the world has taken note of how we left and who we left behind. We left behind the people that were loyal to us, that worked for us all of those years, translated for us and all the rest of it. But perhaps even more importantly, we left behind our own citizens. Left them there. They're still there. As Americans, we watched in horror while the government, whose only real job is to protect us, left our fellow citizens, our allies, innocent people behind in the most brutal 
and traitorous act I've ever seen in my lifetime. How do we as a nation take that righteous anger and that we're feeling and do something that will make a difference? What do we do? Just get mad and break things? No, we shouldn't. As believers, there is a different response that we can and should take. Well, with modern culture is quick to dismiss prayer as weak and ineffective. But it's a powerful tool. Prayer moves God's hand. Biblical Christians know that. There was a movement here the last couple of years. You may remember this. I talked about it again on this program. But when people would say, well-meaning people, Christian people, biblical Christian people, would say, we'll be praying for you, we'll be remembering you in prayer, they would say it publicly. Perhaps politicians or other people that are a public have a public presence. And the left, including the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and all of these people, the left started consistently saying on social media and to reporters and so on, well, this is a time when thoughts and prayers are not enough. We need to take action. Dismissing prayer as merely something that people who are weak and not able to cope practice. That is what many on the left believe, and they say that often. Books have been written about it. Professors regularly in the classroom, particularly in college, but I'm sure in lower grades, high school and even lower as well, they suggest, if not outright, tell their students that prayer is a crutch. Christianity is a crutch for those who need it psychologically. But prayer is a powerful tool, and we know that. And while the modern culture is quick to dismiss it as weak and ineffective, I believe that's the most important thing that we can do as we remember 9-11 tomorrow and over the weekend. And as we contemplate what happened and how it happened and why it happened, and many will be saying, hopefully all of us, never again. I hope the resolve is not gone in our weakened culture. Prayer offers encouragement and it changes circumstances. It brings peace. It delivers those in need. It builds hope. It cements courage. It draws us to God in our personal relationship with him. Prayer has played an incredibly important part, a huge part in our nation's history. Prayer was the key to breaking a five-week-long stalemate in the writing of our founding documents, the creation of our nation's framework. America was founded on prayer. Really, it was. I know that the the left wants none of this. They don't want even these words to be uttered in public, much less in schoolrooms or wherever children are being so-called educated. But it was the key to the founding of America. Prayer to God, not Allah or some other God like all gods are the same. No, they're not. The prayer that was offered by our founding fathers was a prayer to Almighty God, the God of the Bible, the God who is holy, 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 who was and is and evermore shall be, Almighty God himself, the creator of all things. That's whom they were praying to and asking for guidance. In response to the floundering efforts and the disagreement, Benjamin Franklin, he challenged his fellow founders of America in the Continental Convention of 1787 
He said, quote, Have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? Why was he saying this? Well, he was saying it because there was a lot of dissension. There was a lot of disagreement in that convention. They were trying to write a document that we know as our Constitution. They had studied all the other documents they could get their hands on in Europe and elsewhere, and they were looking at this, and they were looking, trying to create what would be right for America. They were all well-intentioned. It wasn't that somebody there was like, you know, not in sync with creating the best document. It was just that they had different ideas about it. So finally, Ben Franklin, who was recognized as one of the le- probably the least religious of all of our founding fathers, maybe he and Thomas Paine, perhaps. Some say Thomas Jefferson. I don't know about that, but Thomas Jefferson sure talked a lot about the Bible and church and all of that. But anyway, they just couldn't agree. They couldn't get together on it. So Ben Franklin, the oldest and the least religious, he said... Have we now forgotten the powerful friend, or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? And then he said this, and you've probably heard this quoted. I have lived, sir, he was talking to George Washington, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? After a period of prayer and fasting, our Constitution was authored. An inspired document. It's lived, it is the longest ongoing Constitution in the history of the world. The impact of prayer is woven into the fabric of the American people, and that continues to this day. Millions of Americans have been praying for Afghanistan. We've watched what's been going on there. We've talked about it on this program. Events spiraled out of control. But we've seen the power of prayer at work. We've seen some of those that were left behind that were entitled to be brought out. We promised them we would bring them out. They're they're natives. They're Afghans. They worked with us. They were interpreters for our people there, our military and others. And we promised them, and we left them behind. We just didn't do what we promised we would do as an American. And there are American citizens there that, as I speak today, were left behind. This whole thing is the elephant in the room. Joe Biden can say what he wants tomorrow. But I will tell you that he has he has forsaken the truth and he has forsaken fidelity in regards to America and the rest of the world. We did not keep our word. And now China and Russia and others are standing up to take advantage of a grave weakness that they see in America. The stories are emerging on social media of God's intervention. There are those Christians, as I mentioned just the other day, but it bears mentioning again, there are those Christians, Afghan Christians, who had the opportunity to leave. And they said, no, we're not going to leave this country. We know that we will be hunted down and killed, and they will by this Taliban that everybody's acting like they're just another typical nation in the world. They're not. They're not. They're terrorists. Al-Qaeda and the Taliban are in bed together. But we're looking at a situation in our world today that is not as it seems. It's very deceptive. I talked about deception yesterday. 
Deception. Deception is everywhere. And we're told things and it's not true and, and so on. But now we're acting, it's like the emperor has no clothes. We're acting like the Taliban is a legitimate government. They're terrorists. While we speak, while we talk about them in terms as just another world government now that must be recognized and helped and invested in, as China is calling on us to do, it's not. It isn't at all what it seems to be. It's very different. They're merely a terrorist organization posing as something else at the moment, but behind the scenes. People are being hunted down. They're going house to house. They're killing people. People in the country are reporting that. So here we are today. These stories are emerging. But in the context of that, all of that that's going on, there are one, the Christians, who say, no, we're going to stay because so many people are accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in Afghanistan now. We're going to stay here and continue to lead people to Christ until they catch us and kill us. And then we'll be with the Lord. That's happening as we speak. It's not mentioned in the news, but it's happening. And it isn't just one or two. It's not isolated. There are, by some accounts, of people living there now, there are thousands of people accepting Jesus Christ in Afghanistan. They're con- con- converting from Islam to Christianity for the most part. Not all are Islam, but most are in the country, as you know. This is going on. There are stories emerging now of people who walked right past a checkpoint. They had, they had prayed. They had laid on hands and prayed for God's intervention people that had to get out of the country for various reasons or, or just wanted to because they had been promised to, to be taken out. They've walked right past a Taliban checkpoint and the Taliban didn't even see them. That's a miracle of God. These are coming from legitimate Christian people who are telling these stories. All of this is going on behind the scenes. So prayer works. It does indeed. <clears throat> but I think to that, the, there's the biblical perspective is that When we pray and ask God to move heaven and earth miraculously sometimes, always, we also need to remember that a part of our prayer is to take direct physical action. And I don't know the ways in which God will call or give us the opportunity in the coming days and weeks and months to respond to this, but there will be ways, and we'll talk about that as these opportunities emerge But for now, we need to pray about Afghanistan, pray for the people there, pray that God will help them and sustain them and provide for them as we remember 9-11. I remember where I was when I began to see what was happening. Of course, we didn't know now then what we know now, but I was in my office in our home. I'd gotten up early that morning and I remember I, I just had the radio on and I was listening to a news radio station and and the guy that was on there said a funny thing. He said, we're getting a, a report here. A funny thing just happened. He said a, a, somebody flew an airplane into a building in New York City and he said, I, I don't know what the deal is. He said, we don't have any, any kind of, you know, uh, any more information or details, but he said, the, the weather there today in New York City, 9-11, he said, is clear. 
He said, uh, "I don't. How could a guy?" He said, I, "It was a small plane, but he said, how could a guy or somebody accidentally fly a plane into a building on a clear, crystal clear, sunshining day?" And that was the conversation. I thought, "Yeah, that is kind of odd." I mean, I wonder. I thought, I thought, well, maybe they had a some kind of a medical, you know, problem or crisis, and maybe they had a heart attack and died, you know, driving their airplane or whatever. I didn't think that much more about it, but pretty soon, just within minutes, they came back on. They said, well, the plane is was not a small plane. It was a larger plane, and it flew directly into the building. I, I started thinking, man, I wonder what this is. So anyway, that led me to just go turn on the television onto one of the networks, and I saw they had their cameras pointed at this building, and I began to see what we all know now. I mean, that was my personal experience, but it was stunning. And while I was watching my own personal experience, the camera was fixed on those trade towers, and I saw come out of the other side of my TV screen a great big airplane, and it flew right into that other tower. We've seen the replay of that many times, and it has not, we've not become accustomed to it. But that was my personal experience as I watched that, and I, I thought, what did I just see? And of course, we know the details now. I remember George W. Bush, he said a lot of the right things when he was president during that time. He would later say, told the Pentagon, he was giving a speech there on 9-11 in 2008. He said, one of the worst days in American's history saw some of the bravest acts in America's history. We always honor the heroes of 9-11 and here at this hallowed place, we pledge that we will never forget their sacrifice. People will be doing that this weekend. They'll be remembering the sacrifice. Rudy Giuliani stepped to the plate. You may remember that as well. The attacks on September 11, he said, were intended to break our spirit. Instead, we have emerged stronger and more unified. We feel renewed devotion to the principles of political, economic, and religious freedom, the rule of law, and respect for human life. We are more determined than ever to live our lives in freedom. He was indeed a great, great mayor in New York City during those years. Five years from that date, the date of the attack, Giuliani said, We've come back to remember the valor of those we lost, those who innocently went to work that day and the brave souls who went in after them. We've also come to be ever mindful of the courage of those who grieve for them in the light that still lives in their hearts. These kinds of comments will be made tomorrow as we once again remember on the 20th anniversary these days. On this day, 20 years ago, talking about 9-11, tomorrow, 246 people went to sleep in preparation for their morning flights. 2,606 people went to sleep in preparation for work in the morning, back to the office, back to the shop, whatever. 343 firefighters went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift. 60 police officers went to sleep in preparation for morning patrol. Eight paramedics went to, went to sleep in preparation for the morning shift. None of them saw past 10 a.m., September the 11th, 2001. In a single moment, life may never be the same. As you live and enjoy the breath that 
you take today and each day, the night before you go to sleep in preparation for your life tomorrow, kiss the ones you love, snuggle a little tighter, and never take one second of your life for granted. Because life is fragile. So thank the Lord often for His goodness and His grace, His mercy, and all all that we have as blessings from the hand of God. We all have a different perspective on this, but astronaut Frank Culbertson, he was the only American in space when this happened. The only one. Expedition 3, he was the commander. He was aboard the International Space Station at the time of the attacks. The only American on the crew, as I said, the only American in space, not on this planet. But he, he said, he posted a public letter that captured his initial thoughts of the events as they unfolded. What he said, looking down from space, he could actually see the smoke coming up from New York, New York City. He said, the world changed today. What I say or do is very minor compared to the significance of what happened to our country today as it was attacked. Upon further reflection, Culbertson said it was horrible to see smoke pouring from the wounds in our own country from such a fantastic vantage point. The dichotomy of being on a spacecraft dedicated to improving life on Earth and watching life being destroyed by such willful, terrible acts is jolting to the psyche, no matter who we are. Indeed, indeed it is. Indeed it is. We cannot in good faith with veneration of those lost and sick and injured, the families of those lost and sick and injured say, we cannot in good faith welcome our president to the hallowed grounds until he fulfills his commitment. That's a statement that was released today by the families of those who lost loved ones on 9-11. They do not want the president of the United States, Joe Biden, to come to the event tomorrow in memorial of what happened on 9-11. They don't want him there. 1,800 Americans directly affected by the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks are opposing President Joe Biden's participation in any of the memorial events because they say he has not kept his word. He has not done what he told us he would do. We voted for him. He did not act on our behalf. We do not want him there. That's a picture of our country today. We have There's much to do in our nation. But as we pause this weekend, let us remember that Almighty God is in control. God allows things to happen. I do not know why often, but his ways are higher than our ways. The astronaut said the smoke seemed to have an kind of an odd bloom to it at the base of the column that was streaming south of the city as he looked down from space. Our perspective is different because we're not looking at it from space, but we're looking at it from our memories. Where were you when the world stopped turning, Alan Jackson said on his song that he released? I think it's more important where are we today. Pray for our nation. Pray for America. Take action as God opens opportunities for us to do so. But never forget that Almighty God is in control. Thank you for your support of this ministry. Have a great weekend, but a memorable one as you look back and commemorate 
the brave people that gave their lives in service to Americans. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.